How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave? Uh, it's it's going okay. I am a little tired and a little hungover, but I'm excited mm-hmm. because it's Halloween. Oh my god! Yeah, there's like a, there's a special Discord call now. Mm-hmm. There's a little a spoopy thing versus the bidadoo bidadoo. Yeah. Yeah, I had to restart the client to actually hear this because I thought Dave was legitimately hallucinating. Which is fair. Sometimes I do be talking some nonsense. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, they've they've spiced it up a little bit. I also saw mention, I think, uh, yesterday that Discord has like a secret super dark theme that's darker than dark mode. It So it has the same contrast and colors as like Pornhub comments or something like that obviously i'm not the type of person to visit that site but the comments get posted to reddit sometimes <laughs> just just jace jake's facial expression while saying this is great um mm-hmm. great in that it's completely believable yes entirely mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's cool to have those like little seasonal perks i don't care about necessarily darker i just need dark themes in general Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had it for other things. Like right now, I'm looking at the notes on one panel, um, recording client on another, and it's light themed. Yeah. But it's okay because it's like 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. But normally, I want that dark theme. So yeah. if I was in a pitch black room, you wouldn't see like the glow on my face. Yeah, I could pretty much always go for dark theme. I got this. Um, so I got a new monitor. Uh, not too long ago yeah, it's like yeah, a 27 yeah. inch like big but if it's like on the um if it shows like just my background it's just like windows default blue if i don't have the wallpaper engine up or whatever and it's just you, you know like the uh ibm or like apple not an ibm the apple commercial where they throw the hammer at the giant screen and like the fog uh, as the screen explodes like rushes over the audience and there's this blue light Mm-hmm. it's supposed to be their new product that's what my face looks like um <laughs> the blue light yeah coming out of your face okay exactly so i got this little uh this this light i can turn on on one of my cameras that's really flushing me out right now because it's too bright yeah but, it looks uh, like a very aggressive vampire filter <laughs> yeah right it's adjustable thankfully but it toggles between white blue and uh like warm kind of orangish wait can you can you try blue yeah, I, I literally only use the orange, but that's blue, so I could turn that up and just oh geez. Okay, for audio listeners, which is everybody, um, it doesn't it doesn't show that drastically. So you're not missing much. It's just Jake is squinting because he's being blinded by yeah, his own desktop appliances. It's it's very difficult. Can't remember where I was going with this, but um, yeah, uh, I could stand a dark theme in pretty much every application because there's no window. Uh, in my computer room yeah. so <laughs> if i'm ever like doing work things and somebody's sharing their screen but their code editor is a white background mm-hmm. i judge them so so much yeah i think vs code by default is dark theme i believe so it, okay. I, I think it, i think it'll prompt you probably the first time you do it i know visual studio also hey we're gonna set like, this to what kind of person unless uh you're a sociopath and you're like <laughs> right. oh, the dark is fine thank you mm-hmm I mean, like for some people, it is useful to have, um, like like the time there was a controversy, minor controversy when Discord uh, on April Fools, I believe of last year, disabled. Um, they disabled the normal theme. It was just like lights off. It's like we turned off, like light mode, and they they their uh, Twitter post was just like them flipping a light switch. Um, but a lot of people legitimately needed it for like accessibility reasons due to, you know, like uh. eyesight and stuff like that. <laughs> and so it didn't take them long to realize that they like screwed over a huge part of their user base. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we shouldn't have done that for April Fool's probably. Hmm. So I turned it back on. I mean, you live and learn. Mm-hmm. Hanging on the edge of tomorrow. Um, that's true. Speaking of the edge of tomorrow, that's a movie with Tom Cruise. That, that is true. My time is going to be... Uh, speaking of light versus dark, today's uh-huh. episode is of two powerhouses in the FPS space. Yeah. Both really well-known 
uh-huh. but polar opposites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a take on it. Um, so our, our two, our hybrid today is Crisis and Shogo. For some reason, I, I still don't know exactly <laughs> what the corollary between the two are, but we're we're ready to try to make that connection if it doesn't exist. Yeah, we I kind of felt like they're both two older shooters that we have mm. some experience with, but they didn't necessarily merit an entire episode because I'll start off by saying I feel that mm-hmm. Crisis is bland. I feel mm-hmm. like for when it came out, obviously very graphically intensive. We all know about the meme. Can, mm-hmm. it, can it run Crisis though? Um, and it was very high tech for the time. Like when I tried to play it on my laptop, even just like the opening sequence where you jump out of a plane, mm-hmm. look, I don't think I ever landed <laughs> right. on the plane into the water to start the level. That's how bad the frame rate was. Um, but it, it did a lot for when it came out. Yeah. I don't think it necessarily holds up as a game, but like the fact that it was experimenting with stuff in the first person shooter space mm-hmm. helped open doors. Right. Not saying so. it's as impactful as Halo, <laughs> but it deserves yeah. a mention. If you still care about crisis spoilers, I guess, uh, weird on you, but you know, we're gonna, I'm going to spoil crisis. I assume we'll spoil Shogo. Um, uh, but now that I've said that, so that was your disclaimer. Uh, the game does not hold up. <laughs> that's that's my TLDR. This is the uh, we'll we'll go through the essay to end up there. But like, holy crap! I was so frustrated with the game by the end of it. Um, yeah, and I only got to watch you play some of it for a couple of hours because it wouldn't run on my computer. Mm-hmm. Not because it couldn't, but because it literally would not start. And I think I tried for like two hours to look through uh steam comments and discussion boards to be like how how make game work and they're like (laughs) yeah and i think i don't know maybe someday would be interesting to have an episode about like games that have literally been lost just due to the fact they can't be run anymore yeah i know crisis has released a remaster that's not what we're going to be talking about i'm just talking about like the base game um as it was released in 2007 um and really how it holds up now again spoilers it really doesn't but <laughs> i did go back i played like a bit of shogo um for for some of the background i got like uh, a few hours into it um i know you are significantly more familiar with uh with the shogo <laughs> uh you, you can't hear me just dabbing on cam here but um <laughs> right yeah i i grew up on shogo as like a cd that i got from walmart when I was like 16 type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, probably played through it three or four times. And then I think the first time I did any Twitch streaming, granted it's only happened like three times, I played through Shogo. I think the first yeah. time. Yeah. Because it's near and dear to my heart for some reason. Uh, I get I was that. very drunk. I mean, I also appreciate bad things. So, uh, <laughs> not even <laughs> arguing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a hundred percent true too. Like, I've, I've played Stalker. I've played other games that are were objectively bad or poor experiences or crash constantly. And if I was a sane individual, I would not have completed it. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where uh, uh, we get intercept like interruptions on the crisis discussion be like actually in shogo (laughs) so i was gonna ask you because i did a poor job of playing this episode Mm -hmm. uh, as you took most of the notes do you want to start talking about crisis and then transition over into shogo or do you want to probably okay probably the easiest way yeah uh but if there is something that stands out just throw that in there we'll do Um, but uh anyways for the people for the uninitiated so the people who were good with spoilers and uh, have not played crisis um then crisis was a, the pc's challenger to halo basically is probably the most concise way to put it um it was graphically really really impressive it was like hey pcs can run this consoles couldn't run this can't look this good uh, if crisis came out to consoles i was too lazy to look it up i'm sure it might have at some point i know crisis 2 did but um crisis one for a long time was like this is it this is it um 
and nobody could run the game because it was so graphically intensive. You mentioned the 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 drop sequence out the out the back of like the the um the plane yeah at the beginning of the game. Um, I feel like that's probably the number one point in games. I feel like I could make this this claim where people went back, opened the menu, and turned the graphics down. Like, I feel like across gaming, that could be number one sequence for turning the graphics down. Um, and then maybe number two or something like that for actually just quitting the game after the turning the graphics down wasn't enough to make it playable. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, for something like in that, I'm going to keep saying space. Mm-hmm. You do have to consider like the technology. Like it's it was very cool that it was like a metric and graphics like that could exist in the cry engine space. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I keep saying space. Yeah. Space, space, space. I won't say it again. Space, space, space. Space core. <laughs> Dave is <laughs> cosplaying space, space, space core. Space, space jail. <laughs> Guilty. Um, <laughs> but there were so many people who, like you said, could not actually play it. Mm-hmm. A lot of computers will kind of auto detect your settings to say hey, um, here's where it'd be optimal for me to run out without shitting the bed. Cool, let's do that. And a lot of times with games, it will set it at a lower settings options for Mm -hmm. you, even if it's not necessarily needed. Like I've gone back in games being like, oh, it's missing like some shader details or shadows or like texture quality. Let me bump that up and it will still run fine. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just kind of covering you. But if your default setting for the game will not allow you to really play the game it fucking sucks because back in the day we didn't have as much of online help tools or forums to say Mm -hmm. hey how make work you had game manuals the game manual was like uh put in the cd click yes a couple of times Mm -hmm. yeah so i wonder how many people were actually lost to the experience of crisis initially because the technology disparity for what they had versus what it demanded I'm, I might have been. It could have been my day one experience. I know I eventually got there. I think I had like an 8800 GT NVIDIA card. GeForce. This is back in the GeForce series. I realized that might not mean a lot of things to a lot of people. But anyways, it's an old card. Uh, I was able to play on like low or medium, I think, back in the day. Um, and it was a really cool experience. So this came out like the year before Bioshock, and it had really cool looking water. Um, the face models like were really cool for the time. They've since been massively eclipsed. We recently played Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, like a bit more revisited the game for that episode. And it's a lot better. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like these are these were back almost to the Laura Croft block face. To, tr- like, to draw days. a corollary to Shogo, one of the greatest uh-huh. games. Yeah. It didn't really have um, any type of detail. So things like water, which is very dynamic to make it look oh, it's a fluid and not a a static texture that's just kind of blue. Yeah. Or to have facial mapping for people's expressions as you choke them out and use them yeah. as a meat shield. It wasn't there. Yeah. So the fact that Crisis did it, again, really helped to kind of set a bar for this is what we'd like to see more of in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like I know there is definitely some, as games come out, there might be some lateral movement of hey, not every game needs to adapt to that immediately. You have a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But if like three years after that, if you don't have water physics, you look bad. Yeah, no, it's it's legitimately true. I do think Bioshock, so Bioshock came out one year after Crisis, and I think it probably one-ups the water a little bit, but that was freaking Bioshock. Like, it's there in the name, you know. I thought, really, I I thought it was two what, seven, seven out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's also true. Um but crisis is to, to get to its like core gameplay it's first person shooter uh you have a nano suit it switches between armor strength speed and cloak modes each one drains energy you can only have one up up at a time um armor actually doesn't drain energy in this one um but does it drain it bas- if you get shot it does it okay. actually like like it basically is the halo overshield so i was like earlier comparing it to halo this is why mm-hmm. um uh, uh if you just aren't draining energy for a period of time it'll start regenerating on its own similar to the overshield um, and uh, strength lets you jump really high slash throw things far. Um, speed lets you run really fast or swim really fast. Um, and then you passively move faster, even if you're not like holding sprint and uh, cloak 
turns you invisible and is the most essential one, basically, I think, in conjunction with armor. Um, but it drains faster the quicker you move. And that's it. That's the suit. We've like basically full disclosed exactly how it works for the entirety of the game. So um, they kind of give you everything at the start. Does it feel mm-hmm. good to be running around in essentially like a superhero space? Um, I think it does. And that was pretty much like that was the experience crisis was really going for. Um, it's kind of a half. It's I, I don't want to say it's an open world type game. Um because well, it's, it's it's less it's linear, linear than like a standard shooter for the time, at least. Right, exactly. Of, if your levels be like, hey, you don't have to exactly go down this hallway, mm-hmm. but your path is very set and you don't have options to go up in the vents or do something yeah. else. It's kind of roughly this way. Everyone, if you look at a heat map, will be on the same path. Exactly. Like um the first part of the game after you land on the beach is pretty linear they're doing the tutorial stuff this is how you duck you know whatever do you can you hit the controls if so you can pass this part um and then there's a couple enemies but you're just gonna encounter them probably shoot them and then there's this nice um the overlook point uh which a lot of games do like legend of zelda does this um it's big dicking on that vista yeah exactly uh oblivion did this when you got out of the sewers um and you like come up this mountain and you look down and there's an enemy outpost and there's a boat out in the bay and it's just like, hey, you can tag enemies if you use your binoculars. That's how we reward you for being prepared. Unless you're in like the higher difficulties, then the tags don't really stick to the same extent. Um, I thought it was going to be like, there's there's dirt on your binoculars and they just kind of say, right. <laughs> like, oh, oh no, clean these off real quick. Um, but here you go, have fun. And you can like just shoot the guys, but the boat will be alerted. You can try to like sneak down, take the guys out one at a time, but the boat will be alerted, um, but the boat might be alerted. Yeah. Um, well, to use the expression you use in the past, stealth, it's stealth until it's not, uh, this is very much <laughs> a, it's stealth until it's not encouraging game. So um, it's kind of similar to, I guess our experience with metal gear solid five, you have an outpost and that was fairly an, an open space, yeah. but it was a, constrained world not randomly generated or anything mm-hmm. uh, but you kind of sneak up on a base plan like i gotta take out this guard first because he's only looking one direction nobody's looking at him yeah and then you kind of plan your sequence of attack but then if you get spotted you could technically run away and come back because uh, mm-hmm. they'd be like ah, i'm tired I'm not chasing that guy all the way <laughs> right. there's an intruder on the island <laughs> somewhere <laughs> or you just go through and kind of gun everybody down yeah exactly did you and find yourself credit, doing a lot of stealth? Uh, I, it's really good. Interme- so one of the things I think Crisis actually does pretty well um, is it doesn't do a hard transition between like stealth and going loud. You can drop back into stealth pretty much anytime you're not seen if you cloak and then just crouch walk away from your position. Like unless you get really close to enemies, they can't see you while you're cloaked and they'll just fire or run to where your last position was. Um. And so if at ever any point you're like, I'm kind of overwhelmed, you can usually back away from the situation a bit, but they balance that because you can't move that far in cloak. Like you can't run and it won't last that long, but you're really cloaked. Right. So other games might give you like partial, um, like Metal Gear Solid enemies will see you if they know you're there or around that spot. You can't like just cloak and leave for the most part. Um, but you could sneak away from your location. You can leave the area entirely. In Crisis, it's just like, crap, I'm stuck behind this wall. There's bullets <laughs> flying at me. I can make it to that other wall near me. <laughs> and then uh, wait and try and do it again once it's yeah, recharged. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that helps balance it a little bit. But the cloak is really strong. Um, and I, I did use it to reposition um, for some fights because the enemies do do, uh, they do do <laughs> a lot of damage. <laughs> okay. So you're still kind of given like a super shoulder status, but it might be more akin to halo than I was thinking mm-hmm. where if you get clipped or pinned down by like a couple of enemies, it's going to wreck you. It's not like you're going down smashing through a city and each left click, you're taking out 30 guys. Yeah. There's like, uh, there's some weapons that are just oppressive, like um, 
couple uh, boss type characters or eventually fight enemies in nano suits themselves. We'll have like chain guns or sniper rifles and you can only take like a few shots and you're, you're dead. And the chain gun is like, are you still out in the open? Cause like that's, that's death. You're, you're going to die. <laughs> right? Like yeah. you can't fight them like mono a mono. So quick question. How do you feel about the sniper? Like in general, just in an FPS mm-hmm. sense, didn't say it. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about like the, the bead being drawn? And then if it's on you for like two seconds, you get shot type thing. That's my right. staple of shooters for a very long time. I can actually relate this to Shogo in a second. That was just funny. But the, um, uh, I think it's necessary to have a little bit of the, we're dialing in on you delay. Um, Cause the alternative is the punishment is just so high. You get like destroyed or d- dissuaded from continuing to play the game. You've lost your um, kneecaps. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so crisis will do a lot of, they they can cover themselves a lot in that space because of cloak. You can just like cloak pop out from your corner, figure out where the enemies are quickly. If you fire while you're in cloak, your cloak drain, your energy drains entirely. But if you quickly swap to like armor or something else, it's usually going to be armor and then take your shot. Then you retain all of that energy, that unspent energy, um, which is a nice little like micro adjustment that makes it. So oh, that's cool. Panic doesn't pay off. Attacking out of cloak means you have no energy for armor at all. Um, so if you take fire back, you might just die. Um, so do but, you always have a power selected? Is there ever a default? Uh, the default is armor. So okay. I think like number four on the keyboard uh, for PC controls is switch back to armor. Um, That's actually really convenient. So then it does in general kind of function like an overshield. But you have options to stealth up or speed up. Exactly. Yeah, or, it was really... Or throw chickens. The resource conservation was like one of the part, the, the key parts of like how you choose your approaches in Crisis. And that was part of their sandbox experience, like you mentioned, these open world games go for. Oh, we to relate that to Shogo. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I was going to just say, to relate that to Shogo, they don't always do that. That was probably my number one gripe when I was playing was enemy reaction time seemed to be a little bit random. And I opened a door and I instantly died to a shotgun. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's just, that's just the death door, I guess. But the second time I opened the door after I reloaded, uh, it took the enemy a moment longer to fire on me. So I was able to hit stun him first. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll definitely probably talk about it more as is a catchphrase that we use a lot. Mm-hmm. But the Shogo AI and damage is seemingly random. It is seemingly random the entire fucking game. Mm-hmm. There's something called a crit mechanic where you're familiar with crits. Yeah. But if you crit, it deals exceeding amounts of damage mm-hmm. and then also heals you. Right. Like it's, <laughs> it's very sense. confusing because the enemies have it as well. Uh huh. So when Jake was talking crit, about that death door, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he was hit by like a shotgun crit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's really any type of stealth mechanic where you can sneak. Not that I noticed. Uh, it's just usually if like line of sight is possible, they have like the the owl head swivel to be like that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's very polygonal as far as graphics. Yeah, I think I think these are both kind of games of the enemies drawing lines to where you are or where they think you are. And Shogo, it's also just where you are. <laughs> but in Crisis, it's also like last known location. It was really hilarious to like sneak out from behind cover. Um, and then like a helicopter is continuing to like fire rocket pods and the tanks like unloading its gun on this like this tree that you were behind, you know, 20 seconds ago, because <laughs> that was the last known location. <laughs> They're just like, no, waste all of our ammunition on this tree. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I really am glad that other shooters have made smarter AI. Will it be like, this is where he was. Mm-hmm. He's not currently there. Maybe he moved from here and they'll kind of look for you in the vicinity. Yeah. And, and to be completely fair to crisis, they also do that if they ever get to the point where they've checked, they exactly have checked your location and they know you're not okay. there anymore. So if they look they behind will. the tree that has been, right. you know, 
sodomized by ammo <laughs> right that's the problem though is they might take a, a long time to realize you're not behind the tree anymore <laughs> they're just like no all right six hours of dedicated covering <laughs> fire on this tree and then we'll we'll move forward from there timmy um, uh, you want to flank and just double check what's behind the tree quick <laughs> but so as it's high in one mm. thing that's really cool about crisis is with all like the fire and explosions and bullshit going on terrain can be destructible Mm-hmm. not ground specifically but structures um i th- saw jake throw a guy through like a support beam mm-hmm. for like a a shack because you're on like a small island yeah and it just fucking destroyed the thing and it fell on top of somebody else and mm-hmm. dealt damage so like that's an option where you can fuck up a building to kill like people in it yeah and certain trees can be knocked down as well i don't think mm-hmm. it's all trees though no, like the the more sturdy ones are just walls, basically. <laughs> but other things, like uh, if it's a, it's a banana plant or something, you can work your way through there. But um, yeah, it was definitely like one of the selling points of the game. I think was like the destructibility because it was the physics engine. Crisis was like to show off hardware. This is how good your graphics card is. This is how good we can make the physics. Like this is how, like that was really a lot of the selling point, <clears throat> and um. It doesn't actually come into play too much on the moment to moment gameplay, though. No. There's just shooting people is usually more pragmatic than trying to like knock the roof down on them. And other games have done more in the destructive space since then, like uh, Bad Company 2, where you could like blow up a building if enemy snipers were using it. You're just like, what if there was no building? <laughs> <laughs> like, have the high ground, Anakin. <laughs> There is no high ground. <laughs> I've leveled all other buildings so that I have the high ground. Yeah. Um, or like uh, Just Cause, which was just based around. That was another sandboxy type game. Um, but in Crisis, I found myself not using those mechanics as much. It was just incidental. I could look after the battlefield and be like, oh, we devastated this village, which was kind of cool. It just didn't come to play that much. Yeah, um, it's nicer to like have the impact I feel like in a shooter, everyone will try a couple of things. One mm-hmm. is just how fast they can switch between weapons and jump. This is yeah. usually what people will do in lobbies before a game starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if provided the option. The other thing is they will shoot their name or a smiley face or a penis into a wall. Seeing right. how long the bullets will remain there. And just to see like what type of impact your weapons have on the environment. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to like shoot a wall and then the wall's not there anymore because it yeah. took too much damage. And Crisis has like cool weapons. They have like a full customization system, so you can bring up a weapon, like hit a bu- hit a key, and it's just like, oh, let me just switch out tactical attachments and flashlights and all that stuff, like on the fly from what that you've picked up through the course of the game, which is really cool. I like that. Um, it doesn't have a massive impact on gameplay because you'll probably just throw this suppressor on everything you can and a red dot sight on everything you can and, you know, a reflex sight on everything except the sniper rifle and a scope on that. There you go. You've customized all your weapons, right? <laughs> like, So um, a lot of the guns are fairly samey for how they operate. Well, there's like you've got your standard fare. You've got like the shotgun, which is probably never really necessary, but it's fun to use. And like because your, of the um, physics engine. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And also just the effective range. Like the other weapons kill enemies. So why do you want a weapon with limited range that kills enemies? Right. Like if you round a corner and there's an enemy there, you, these are also two games where shotguns probably bad, (laughs) but uh, we can, we can come back to the shotgun and Shogo, I guess when we talk about their weapons. Um, But uh, yeah, so shotgun, there was the automatics, Whereas like the the Korean variant and the like U.S. Army variant, which was a scar. Also, you're only fighting Koreans basically for most of Crisis, which is a little bit weird. Um, and then just like special weapons, like rocket launchers and munitions and things like that. Pistols also, silenced pistol. Um, the rocket launchers were just for taking out things like tanks and helicopters, right? Yeah, there's like an explosive. So they use like the slot system. So your pistols, you always have kind of as your fallback, but they can run out of ammo. You could always punch with melee too, if you really needed to. Um, But you don't have uh, 
the freaking doom power up. You don't have berserk. So like uh, strength mode is as close as you get and it's not good enough. <laughs> um, but the pistols and then there's the like assault rifle slot, which is like the scar shotgun, whatever standard munitions and then your explosives. Uh, so you could have like C4, which you remote detonate or uh, like a rocket launcher. Um, and that was mostly it. There's some exotic like alien weapon toward the end. But oh, also there's aliens in the game, I guess. <laughs> there you go. There's the justified spoiler. <laughs> I was like looking for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the, the last half of the game, you're dealing with aliens and they basically throw out most of the good things they had developed from the first part of the game in favor of just falling back on pretty corridor like military shooters. Um, it's real sad. <laughs> so after like your experience reliving this, where do you think it falls? I think like so there's like I said, the second half of the game is significantly worse than the first. They should have focused more on the sandboxy elements and let people have fun with it. Um, and like the cry engine went on to be used for other things in that space. Like there was a fan made mech warrior game. There was like some other stuff, um, that was really cool. But as a first person shooter crisis just doesn't really hold up. Um, they got rid of like most of that. How do you want to approach the situation sandbox decision-making for the latter half of the game while you're dealing with aliens and the cold, which I guess is where the cry part comes from. I don't know. Um, and then they have a final, this is this, this is the kicker. I have to mention this cause this is where most of my frustration with the game stems from emotionally. Final bosses in video games. Like what, it, what was wrong with old games and the inability to do final bosses, right? Um, basically the final boss is like an alien warship and you're given infinite rocket launcher, replenishable ammo. And it's just like the suit doesn't matter. None of the toggles matter. The boss is always on this side of like the aircraft carrier, one side of it. It's like um, Metroid Prime type boss, which is fine for Metroid Prime. But for Crisis, you're using none of the tools you've established up to this point. You're like, oh, yeah, hit the weak points. It's like it's it's like Star Fox or you're like some nonsense. I enjoy that. But not in crisis and uh man i realize this is my dedicated rant and i'm going to shut up in a second here but you can die in crisis if you go fast you don't have armor on and your impact speed with like a pebble uh deals damage to your character equal to your health pool and that can happen in the final boss you'll just die randomly if you don't have armor on it's like the most frustrating nonsense anyways the ending is worth skipping and I wouldn't go back and play crisis. <laughs> it's basically where all this is going. <laughs> Hi Dave. Hey Jake. I just got back. Uh, thanks for covering me. I was taking a piss. What what I miss? <laughs> so crisis is a pretty good game. <laughs> I think I recommend it to everybody. Um, no, I, I understand just, your frustrations with that though. Um, I feel yeah. like all the games back then didn't even now there are a lot of examples. Final bosses are almost put in as a staple. Like they feel that they need to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, like remnant from the ashes have a final boss it was it was a thing um it's just they're like uh hey for a shooter we should have them be shot but then like they'll <laughs> add in like some other mechanics it just it never feels right like if you're playing in an fps do you want to have somebody else who also like do you want to have like a gunplay battle where it's like mm -hmm. a 1v1 in cod no, that feels kind of like weird and truncated for a grand finale to this game I've put time into. Yeah. But just to have like a, a series of, hey, here's some new mechanics that you got to do. The... It also feels weird. Yeah. So I don't they know weren't... where final bosses need to be or even if they need to be in first person shooters. You really got to like weird. judge the pace of your game and figure out why people are playing it. Because I don't think anyone was playing crisis to get an almost on rails sort of final boss sequence or literal on rails sequence at all 
Like those existed in turret sequences. The game has it had an identity crisis. Is probably the the best way to put it. A um, was that and... not intentional? No. <laughs> what was the reference? <laughs> Could you explain you said the joke? Had I made? an identity crisis. Oh, oh, that's good. That so oh, good. geez. Oh man. All right. Well, that was intentional. Now, please write in if you thought Jake's joke was good, <laughs> whether or not he intended it. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's a kind of it falls back on mit- generic military shooter stuff, and although the game's still pretty, um, that's not enough to carry it anymore. And it's no challenger to Halo in retrospect. Um, and I think the rest of Crisis games kind of proved that. Like Crisis Two came out, they sacrificed Sandbox. Uh, I never played Crisis Three; they didn't really do as well, and you know, other games took over. So unfortunately not completely realized but man we had good graphics yeah that was cool for the time but just even watching jake play for a little bit the first hour is like oh this is what the game is second hour i'm like Mm -hmm. okay the third hour is like i think i'm done experiencing (laughs) this because it never really changed from engagement to engagement it all kind of felt very samey because of that generic military shooter feel and it's worth noting that the pacing's weird for it too, because they kind of went for the sandboxy like approach. Sometimes you're just not really doing anything between you're like moving to the next area in order to encounter more enemies. I don't know. There's the legitimate grips with the game. There's other better games to play. Speaking uh, well, of better games to better play. Games to play. Yeah. <laughs> Do so, you have a third game to talk about, Dave? <laughs> oh, these these are just... cutting deep. But, but it is fun to joke about Shogo mm-hmm. because I'll be the first to admit it is not a good game. Mm-hmm. That being said, I stare into the camera because nobody can see me. Um, it is a fun game. Right. It is old as fuck. It came back out in a 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very polygonal. For its graphics, it is a standard first-person shooter, but you have the option of, for some levels, you get to be on foot, where it's mm-hmm. more like a classic shooter, and then other levels where you get to be in a mech, right? which is also cool. Because it's not like oh. your mechs have one set weapon. You still have a range of weapons in mech. So you get to like mess around with fun things, like the Bulldog missile launcher. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. It fires out like four missiles in a spiral pattern. Yeah. Um, so, like, it can be very I like fun. Your phrasing. Hmm. I liked your phrasing on, like, and in, in some levels you get to be on foot, and in some levels you get to be on the mech. That's the most, like, diplomatic way to put it. You don't have a choice, right? Like, the certain, levels on mech levels are, on are foot. mech levels, yes. <laughs> you can't get out of your mech. <laughs> right. You're just like, all right, let's do this. Although, apparently, there was a bug, a bug where you could use mech weapons on foot. If you like screwed up a cheat <laughs> code or something, which is funny. Uh, so one of the things about the game, because it is like buggy and quirky, and from what I heard from Jake recently from reading an article, it, it apparently was designed that way to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. There are some standard on foot enemies who have larger than life, like actual mech sized weapons mm-hmm. in like the in game cutscenes, which is still using the same graphics. Yeah. Um, there was a mech that had a, a larger than life mech weapon. Yes. I wasn't sure if it was a bug when I saw nope. it. Like, cause it, uh, so this one I encountered in a tunnel and his weapon was so large. One, the resolution on it was like visibly distorted compared to the other weapons. Like they just blew up the scale on this thing, but it also clipped through the wall of the tunnel. The yeah, guy I was in at the time. I think that was Uziel. That's probably true. I didn't make it far enough in the game to face it. Oh, okay. A second time. So, man, I, I defer to your lore knowledge about Shogo Mobile Armor Division. <laughs> All right. So, let me let me try and sell it to people. Yeah. Did you hear that intro at the beginning of the the episode? Yeah, that's the fucking game. <laughs> it starts out full anime. Uh, the voice acting is cool. The storylines mm-hmm. semi interesting. And There's then the mechanics exist. Right? Yeah, there are some options where you can make choices along the way. Which is interesting. Like, this is pretty early in shooters. Like, this fought up against Half-Life, which I would argue is probably the more influential game. Yeah. But it, you didn't have choices. It in involves Half-Life. other actual physics components, interesting level design. Speaking mm-hmm. to Half-Life, not Shogo. 
Right. Uh, but decision trees were definitely less common. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what to say about this fucking game, man. It is. I mean, I, I could talk about it a little bit based off my experiences. So I, I was playing it a little bit earlier and it's definitely a first person shooter, both in a mech and not. It's really like a mecha, like more than a mech experience, like mech warrior, mm-hmm. um, which is usually described as you're either a person or you're a tank. And in this case, you're a person, right? Like uh, mechas are usually people more than they have people controls more than tanks. And you can like switch between weapons. Like you were mentioning, there's like the the rocket launcher. They use the um, or the multi rocket launcher, the cluster, which was awesome. Um, they use the doom like inventory management. So unlike crisis and Shogo, you have your whole arsenal uh, at any time. If you have that weapon, you can swap to that weapon. Um, which I kind of just enjoy more because I, I get like tactical decisions. You're like, all right, I'm going to take the enemy weapon. We'll leave the scar. We'll do whatever. But I don't think that adds to the experience unless you're playing like a survival game. Why not just have a backpack full of guns, right? That's more fun. Yeah, it definitely makes it faster paced. Like if you have somebody mm-hmm. who's doing espionage or it's very soldier realistic it makes sense to be like this is my primary weapon i might have a secondary weapon but realistically i can't carry this knapsack full of guns right but in something <laughs> just the santa claus of <laughs> firearms in this in the shogo santa claus version it's it makes sense and it's fun because sometimes mm-hmm. you need a sniper because there is something in the distance it hasn't detected you yet but if you get mm-hmm. close it will fuck you up because again enemies are roughly on the same tier as you where if you get shot by them it hurts like a motherfucker yeah um so it's cool to like switch to the spider mine launcher to I go around that the one. corner shoot out a spider mine it kind of blips it lands and then essentially has a nuclear explosion at the site in like this giant pillar of fire and yeah. then you hear the death sounds stacking mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> you're like i guess i got him I really enjoyed the spider mine launcher because like if you missed on a distant enemy, you might still hit him because it latched on the ground and then just nearby. Yeah. Yeah. But it could also like grab onto enemies. So if you like shot their mech, the mine would attach to their mech. Mm-hmm. So I mean, same could happen to you, <laughs> yep. um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of the, um, this is a variant of the uh, sticky grenade sort of thing but it's cooler when it's a mine and it's a giant nuclear explosion obviously yeah also for the, the mecha sections there, you can still have pieces where they will have ground units aka you yeah. mm-hmm. aka that's like two inches tall mm-hmm. in comparison and you can just step on them yeah which every game should have because if mm-hmm. you are that gigantic and you collide with a very small thing it dies i think that should yeah yeah, I I, I want to compare this to Mech Warrior for a little bit because that was the first. That was how they did a, um, in Mech Warrior Four, which is like the first I played. That was their power trip. They dropped you like in water next to like a uh, like enemy town, basically. And there's like one small mech maybe you can take out. And then there's just people in the town. They're running around. You're just like, I'm gonna get you. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Because we're sociopaths at the end of the day. I mean, everybody played dinosaurs as a kid. I don't want to yeah. hear that you didn't. Um. <laughs> no, it's it's tremendously fun. The, the, one of the big differences here, though, is like um, even though the mech the mech has a lot more health, there was different models of mechs, like MCAs, I think they're called in the universe. Mm. Um, and you could pick one for your mission, and they kind of ranged on a scale of like most agile to most armored with weapons, I think. Yeah, but I mean, it didn't change your weapons. It was just, like you said, speed and armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I but, felt like I chose kind of like a mid-range one. Did you do the mm-hmm. same? I definitely didn't try the lightest one. I have like a question about that. Um, I, I did mid-range and then I did like the heaviest because I had a feeling that the heaviest was probably just the best. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's right or wrong. Like, there's a vehicle mode that kind of doesn't matter. Oh, that makes mm, you go fast. Mm, doesn't matter mm. later. It it's not like it's required for any sequences in the game. Uh-huh. But to say that the vehicle mode doesn't matter, 
I mean, I would have loved to have seen a transform animation. That's I, I get that they probably cut that. There is one. Oh, there is one. Okay. Yeah. It's just if you're in first person view, you're not mm-hmm. gonna see it. You're just gonna hear the shoo 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 of and the in my transformation. Defense, I don't think you could switch from first person view <laughs> for most of the game. You can. You can? Is there a button? Yeah, I forget. The bindings in that game are fucking nonsense. Um I, I did change to go stuff, customize so I... and find what it is. It was before WASD. So like arrow keys were the default and left and right were turn left and turn right. And I was like, nope. A, a and S, those are turned to strafe. W and D are forward and backwards. Yeah, also, is... the mouse will fire the gun now. <laughs> yeah, this is before controls were standardized. And mm-hmm. a lot of things were, that had first person view, they're like, oh, uh, they can look in all directions. We're like, oh, it's buying that shit to num keys. That seems mm-hmm. to make sense before mouse yeah. controls were really standardized in a thing. Yeah. Uh, but the vehicle mode was just fun to fuck around in. Mm. It's like, oh, I killed some guys here. Press V and then you take off in your fucking little car robot mm-hmm. to go yeah. to the next section. Um, but yeah, it's still complete fucking nonsense. Like yeah. Jake was complaining a lot to me, rightly so, <laughs> about being insta gibbed by enemies as he was rounding corners who mm. just had precognition about his location. Right. I have a specific example. No, please, please use that. Of the most... So, there's there's two. I mentioned the shotgun death door, which like, screwed me over the first time. There was another time after I completed an objective in the mission that, like, enemy reinforcements came in. Uh, read this as we repopulated the level with enemies. Um, and the enemy corpses kind of just stick around forever, which is cool. I like that. I, it just adds to the realism of what's going on. Unless you shoot them, in which case right. their bodies explode and blood flies everywhere. Right. It actually has a fair amount of violence. Um, some rooms got fairly decorated by the end of it. <laughs> by there's, the end of an there's, encounter. There's um, body part physics. It's like, let's mm-hmm. say there's three people standing in a room and you blow them up with a rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. Things are going to bounce around and like blood spray will continue from the body part the whole time. Again, yeah, it's, a- it's polygonal, so it looks silly. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of this, just for context, like again, the song that we used in the intro that Dave referenced earlier, uh, that plays while you're watching people get blown up with a rocket launcher at the beginning of the game. Like, it's it's an interesting juxtaposition of uh, feels <laughs> and tone. <laughs> um, but I was gonna say, I was gonna say, um, after this in- this area is repopulated with enemies. There was one little corner uh, kind of off to the right. So you come through a door and there's literally just a corner enemy. I can describe it no other way. And that there's just like the, at the edge of this little triangle, you've got your enemy mm-hmm. uh, standing in here because he lives here. And he like killed me the first time I encountered him. Um, but then I was like, all right, the enemy's there. I'll pop around the corner, take him out. Um, went through completed the objective came back through they put another enemy in the exact quarter basically standing on the corpse of the first one and that guy also killed me and i'm like screw you game right like at this point they're just repopulating the gotcha corners (laughs) of the game it's like really brutal in that regard i think i was joking to you like you have to know what quick save is and kind of save scum mm. a little bit uh, there's a good game old games review nasty that mentioned that it was like you should bind quick save and quick load to mouse one and mouse two i'm like <laughs> i can see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will say in the defense all. of the game though hmm. that the actual mecha portions i found the health pools to be much more reasonable like you could usually take out enemies in just a, a couple hits um, but if you're just actively using WSD and strafing, like you won't take that much damage usually. And the game provides plenty of repair uh, drops uh, so that the mech part feels like the proper difficulty for normal, which is what I was playing on. <laughs> and the human foot soldier part, like instant death if you didn't see the enemy <laughs> rounded into yeah. a room. Like you would occasionally get worse. health and armor pickups, but they were very scarce and it's really easy for one enemy to just give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But I mean, and you they, do you have do... options around certain things. So if you know an enemy is hiding around a corner, um, they do give you these energy weapons. Mm-hmm. One is kind of like shoots out a blue ball, and then it like a grenade launcher kind of has an impact and an AOE explosion. Yeah, like a plasma launcher. Yeah. Thing. There's another version of the plasma launcher that's yellow, not blue. This is the okay. basis of portal, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will essentially bounce and like collide with things and then keep going until it expires or it hits human flesh, in <laughs> which case it then has a giant explosion. Right. Um, but again, you're not, gonna, BFG. <laughs> you're not going to bring out the fucking bouncy gr- energy grenade unless you know somebody's around the corner, which yeah. you usually find out by first going around a corner being shot and killed and you're like okay i'll try it again yeah um there was w- one thing the game will do is they'll they'll have like enemy triggers it's pretty much all first person shooters have um but they they screwed me over in chogo because the enemy reaction time where i'd be like heading down a hallway and then an enemy rounds the end of the hallway and shoots me and because i expect I can peek into a room, check if there's enemies, react to them. Mm-hmm. I died to that almost every time because I'm not really used to it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, something that I found the mech part a lot. Games more have gotten a lot better with. I feel as mm-hmm. time has gone on, but yeah, they experimented with a lot of things. But again, it's not a good game mechanically. Mm-hmm. The story is not the best. It's interesting. Uh, yeah um and like the voice acting for this day and age holy shit i still stand by it yeah like i don't give a fuck about deus ex's voice acting compared to this this is top tier like the characters are believable to me you have commander sanjiro is it Mm. is your main character right yeah sanjiro i think's the main character I, these are all so this is an english developed game it was made by monolith we've covered a lot of their games before mm-hmm. um but clearly in the style of the japanese mecha so like most of the people have japanese like names yeah or just japanese names <laughs> yeah, right but like <laughs> well there I don't is a character Gilbert. called hank that's true yeah. <laughs> and that's his only name uh, and he he's like full on redneck, like low poly image up in the corner. It looks like he's from a math blaster game. It's really yeah. funny. But I mean, like the character of Sanjiro is very. He's like a passive hero. He doesn't want to have to do things, but he'll do it. And he's very mm-hmm. snarky. Uh, you have Commander Akaraju, who is your boss, who's very gruff and militant and serious yeah you then have your girlfriend and his daughter Catherine, who's a pretty normal cool lady you have i, I gotta mention with Catherine, this is the tie into the the video game Catherine. so obviously part of the same universe mm-hmm. there's no escaping it i don't have as much on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i haven't played that series um yeah, all the voice acting is good and the characters feel believable for that space. Oh yeah. It's obviously like a bit hammed up at places, but man, I love the protagonist. The protagonist, like everybody else has like a relatively it's good voice acting, but they're like serious military professionals or like support Catherine military role love interest type type voice thing and then the protagonist who is like this disassociated sort of like joke sarcastic regardless of the situation mm-hmm. joking attitude that I absolutely adore the transport will drop you off near the southwest entrance to Avernus according to our intelligence it's the least defended access to the city according to intelligence eh well in that case I've got nothing to worry about Aren't you forgetting your squad mates? Actually, I'm ignoring them. We've talked about, like, uh, I mentioned in the past, the Dragon Age sarcasm option. And, or, like, you know, I think Dragon Age 2 introduced it, and Inquisition also had it. Um, where it's just like, oh, you're logical, emotional, here's your sarcastic option. And how they should remove the other options from the game. Because that's the best one. It's always best to be the sarcastic jokes, like jokester. Um it's never not correct. Shogo got it right. Yeah. I think Divinity 2, because I have to mention that game again, learn from Shogo, because mm-hmm. a lot of those 
snarky comments. Ooh, mm-hmm. so fucking good. You wouldn't think about it in this fantasy universe that has such like a depth of lore and everything, mm-hmm. but it's good to be able to be the asshole. But this character is by default the asshole. Um, yes. Did you play as far as the cat mission? Uh, uh no, no. I did read about it, but I didn't play it. So you should. Do you remember watching me play it at all? Um, I don't know if I was watching the stream. You should. Uh, okay. You should describe it for the people who didn't. So again, <laughs> include me. You kind of go between being on foot or being in a mecca, depending where you are in the story and where you're going. At some point, you're on foot and you have to get past this electric fence. Now, there's this lady who can turn it off. Um, she says, hey, I'll turn it off for you, but like my cat's missing. Could you go find my cat? Yeah. And so you're kind of just mudding in your comms like, what the fuck am I doing? So you go mm-hmm. down over here. You go through um, one or two areas, kill a bunch of enemies. Um, and you use this little toy that you squeeze. And it goes, magic claw, magic claw. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you use it because the cat likes the toy. And then you retrieve the cat. You go back to the lady um, you give her the cat and she turns off the electric fence and that yeah. is a part of the game it's not a side mission it is part mm. of the game and everyone's <laughs> going what the fuck yeah and then there were a lot of people myself included who like on another playthrough were like fuck you lady kill the lady and her husband and you go right. in and manually turn off the fence and you've saved yourself 25 minutes <laughs> so it's a mandatory part of the game that you can entirely skip over yeah and then there are like fucking parts of the game where you have vents. You know how you mm-hmm. jump into like giant turbines um, right. to throw I, your I descent or to like fly up in, in games. In I'm the not FDS familiar with entering vents in space. video games. Are you more familiar with entering vents in video games, Dave? I'm just more of a vent guy. Mm. I mean, it's pretty sus. I mean, I was doing wires. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the, air, the or I did, I should take that back. There's parts of the air shaft level I liked. <laughs> yeah, and like that's something that's again for the time was pretty early, was not mm-hmm. seen as much. So it was very cool. Yeah. Um this has yeah. verticality uh, in some ways that uh like it still has the elevators Doom has. I think you could compare this in a lot of ways to Doom which came out many years previous, but Are you talking like, like OG Doom? Yeah, like Doom, Doom 2, mm-hmm. not like, um, definitely not Doom 3, which came out, I think, four or five years after this, maybe even more. Um, but yeah, like the verticality of, uh, like having to aim, obviously, is is one of those big things. Half-Life did it too, but... Which is just keeping it at head level and turning. You're right, exactly. You're just like, enemies above me, so I don't care about the vertical axis, because the game doesn't actually track that, right? This is all visual trickery. Um, Shogo actually tracks it. Um, which is nice. I, I looked down and I shot an objective on on one of the levels, which sounds like nothing now, but for some of those older games, like you know, that's pretty cool <laughs> compared to what what was around at the time, right? So, yeah. So where d- I will, hmm. I was I was gonna say I mentioned another bug for the vent level, the air shaft thing. You're supposed to be able to drop down after um, modifying like the airflow to a platform. Yep. And I couldn't figure out how to complete it because um, you'll just kind of bounce on the airflow like as if you get too low. Um, And I couldn't land on the platform like at all. And I had to reload, try again and get it on the first try. You had to be sliding right down to the platform on the first try or else the airflow would always stop you even if you were above the platform. So I was just stuck. (laughs) I had to go look at a YouTube video and be like, is this right? (laughs) Um, it was just like a one you have to get the hitbox correct the first time, yeah. Type of thing, but. and this is definitely a game sim. Again, mm-hmm. I like the game, game is fun, game is not mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. This is something I that think the mech part. If we fun. were talking about a newer game and it did this, this would be on a list of like, hey, I enjoyed playing the game, but here's like a major grievance, which mm-hmm. is justified because no, nobody playing a game should have to go through. I have to look up a YouTube video to figure out how to progress for this thing that <laughs> seems intuitive at the time, right? Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, where do you think this falls in first-person shooter compared to something like Crisis? I mean, 
Mm. <laughs> okay, that's I, interesting. I know they're very different. Yeah. But as far as what they introduced mechanically or storyline-wise... Right. I will actually say, based off of what I've read and seen, uh, what I saw of you playing through the game, Shogo probably has a better story than Crisis. <laughs> Crisis 1 literally leaves off on a cliffhanger of, we're going back. We're going to get him. You're like, we know how to fight them. And then they never revisited that. The expansion didn't revisit that. The follow-up games never revisited that. We have no idea what happened there <laughs> because they never had you go back. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the stupidest stuff. Like, Shogo seems like it's more like about um, a traditional anime mecha, like interpersonal relationships. This is the funny thing about like Japanese anime mecha shows is it's almost always about the people's relationships, not the giant robots as much. Um, and Shogo is no exception to that. They clearly um, like actually invested a lot in that. And even though it's sort of like love triangle deal between like well not a love triangle because that wouldn't work but the protagonist is dating the sister of his girlfriend who is presumed deceased yes. <laughs> that's not a love triangle category we say presumed because you like realize halfway into the game she's alive and she was on some secret mission and had to like fake her own death mm-hmm. again Awkward. plot um yeah. but yeah but like, it like comes up in the game it's not like they don't mention it like you hear them yeah. talking on comms from time to time. Like mm-hmm. I think your original girlfriend is Kura. And she said, like, I can't wait to debrief you, Commander. Again, <laughs> being a suggestive phrase because briefs are right. also underwear. Yes. And then exactly. her sister Catherine starts calling her a whore. Um <laughs> I think there's another one for a different ending where it's um I have like an undercover mission for you. Mm-hmm. again suggestive mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's just little stuff like that it's like what it's just funny it, it's funny it's witty it's got some personality and character that crisis doesn't does not have now if i were to pick my favorite gameplay from foot soldier sequences i would go with crisis uh vehicle gameplay i would go back to shogo crisis has fair. several vehicle segments it's like a VTOL or a turret sequence or like you're in a tank or something no shogo was fun i enjoyed i enjoyed running around in mecha get in the mecha so would you actually recommend any of these games for people to like pick up on steam and no. go back to and check out i mean crisis definitely no um shogo it's like maybe if you could cheat on the in-person sections to just like get through it I feel like it has at least there's enough in in interesting things that happen in Shogo. Like I had fun. It has some of that Doom like feel, like in the actual gunplay, which is just like addictive and good. Um, so I like would consider going back and like beating the game if I could like get through the foot sections. Um, I don't think there's a reason really to go back to Crisis. <laughs> Legitimately, I. I it's weird that I'm favoring Shogo here because I was telling you a day ago it might be the worst game I've ever played. But it grows on you. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely wins more points from being endearing than anything else. Yeah, and Crisis doesn't have that. It has no... It kind of just feels mediocre. Yeah, it falls at, under the, the modern age. The AAA blanket for me mm-hmm. where it's, it's going to be what you expect it would be from like a major publisher and the type mm-hmm. of game that it is but then kind of lacking that heart. Yeah. But it doesn't have staying power 13 years later. Definitely not. I feel that a lot of mistakes were made along the way in first person shooters. I still Mm -hmm. feel like there are probably some things we could maybe clean up or improve upon. Right. I haven't been in the space too much. I'm not a CS guy so much, but we played fear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know obviously the paragon of man we're just crapping on monolith a little bit (laughs) yeah we are (laughs) it was it was the 90s or the early 2000s things are still being experimented with (laughs) um no anyways don't play fps that's the takeaway i think (laughs) yeah get yourself a nice hot jrpg instead Mm -hmm. or play which are our preferred game to cover I think that we've covered as many JRPGs as we possibly can 
with our current willpower. <laughs> Blank stares into camera. Yes. <laughs> no. Well, uh, what about you? Um, do you have any final takeaway thoughts for Shogo? I know it's part of your childhood. I don't want to deprive you of closing thoughts on it. I feel like the game is never that expensive. It is definitely mm-hmm. entertaining to go through. Definitely mm-hmm. entertaining. Uh, so maybe pick it up if it's on the cheap, like five-ish bucks. Stream yeah. it, check it out, make fun of it. Treat it like a B-movie, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, Crisis... I feel like there are other games that fill that better. Pick you up a Call of Duty, a Halo, something mm-hmm. else. Where... Even the newer Crisis games are better. <laughs> yeah, even the newer Crisis. I think it's improved. Mm. But yeah, um, they're weir- weird older first-person shooter staples that people have played through and know about. And it's it's fun to like look back and crack jokes but don't necessarily go back and play them for the sake of playing them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let us do that. The professionals, right? Don't try this at home. Well, what's Crisis the nostalgia critics Shoko? quote? It's like, I remember, so you don't have to. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. Well, we'll copyright that real quick. Obviously, we can't. Um, well, hopefully you guys had a nice, safe, and fun Halloween and are continuing to stay, stay safe through the year. Um and uh if you had any fun stories let us know reach out you can tell us about the short stories you would like to publicly share uh on our gmail account stovefilmpodcast.gmail.com or the publicly appropriate ones that have a content tier you know like maybe a little bit less explicit than what we ourselves ascribe to for our own podcast at facebook.com slash soapstone uh is it Soapstone? Soapstone Podcast. I think it's Soapstone Podcast. I feel like it's Soapstone There's probably podcast. like some lady who has like an Etsy shop selling soap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be funny though if we get some like... I'm not saying visit anyone else's page, obviously, but it would be funny if people are requesting podcasts. I'll be like, oh, cover this game next. <laughs> and the lady just sells soap. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do. Send our two fans who are willing to comment on stuff onto uh-huh. other soapstone related pages and just leave comments. Yeah. I mean, that's that's more effort than I'd be willing to put in. <laughs> Fair enough. I count as amongst the two fans, I hope. <laughs> Yeah, hope is all, right. all is well with everybody. Happy Halloween to you. And we'll catch you in the next one. Have a good night. Reporting for duty, sir. Good, you're here. I'll get to the point. Your mission is to find and eliminate Gabriel at all costs. If Gabriel is allowed to continue, the Fallen will destroy the CMC and gain control of Kronos. If this happens, the flow of Kato throughout our system will cease. This cannot and will not happen. I'll see to that myself if I have to. Yes, sir. I understand completely. Good luck, Commander. Sir, I presume Catherine is my primary contact for this mission? You mean Lieutenant Commander Akaraju? Yes, she is. That's what I meant to say, sir. You're dismissed. I'll see to that myself if I have to. Do you have something you wish to share with me, Commander? Yes, sir. You are my personal hero, sir. Hmm.